Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, the podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 23, our final episode of 2019. Christmas has passed. We hope you had a Merry Christmas. I am your host, Rick. I'm your other's Patrick. And we should we probably should have done this one last week, but I'm I'm kind of glad we did the Rogue Ale. Tonight we have the festive ale from Sweetwater Brewing. Yeah, and you know, last week we had a no, that was Oregon. Yeah. I get mixed up because I listen to Newport, some yeah. of the older ones, but we've had several breweries from the from Atlanta or around Atlanta, and this brewery is actually based in Atlanta, Georgia. Is it? I thought they were in Florida. The uh, can says Atlanta Sweetwater okay. Brewing Company, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, back to Atlanta then. Yeah, yeah, so, there it is. But yeah, so this is a the festive ale is a, a holiday ale. Um, seasonal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Brewed with spices is what it says on the can. Um, the can's kind of cool. It's got like a fish uh-huh. on it, and some guys like in a boat. I think that's just uh, based on what I know about Sweetwater. I think that's just kind of their uh, they're just yeah, they, basic. They like the base, their basic logo is just like a fish jumping out of the water. They like the fish, and I think this is the one that also likes uh, weed references in their beers because they have like Sweetwater 420. Yeah, and then they have another one called Mango Kush. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and let me tell you, I've had one of those before. And if you've never smoked weed, that's probably the closest you're going to get <laughs> because it is made with hemp. I don't ask me how that works, but it does, and it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a little reference for you. One that I've had that we haven't reviewed here. Yeah. It's the, it's the Sweetwater, uh, Mango Kush, I think is what it's called. It's kind of fun. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, on the website, you know, it says that this is brewed only one day a year. Well, that's fun. Yeah. When would we get it all brewed in one day? I guess it's a very limited release. Does oh, that's the best by date. That's not a can, but that's not yeah. a can date. That's not helpful. Yeah, it says two sixteen twenty. It was definitely not canned in two thousand twenty. No, that's for sure. We're not there yet. If it was, then I'm going. I'm going to uh, to Sweetwater to ask them who won the national championship game so then, I can put some bets down. Dang right. <laughs> so, so this is a. ABV on this one's eight point one percent. It's got twenty seven IBUs. So, uh, Rick, I think this is going to be right up your alley. It's, it, I'm I'm kind of excited about this. I've never actually had a like a Christmas ale. Yeah, I'm like we've covered a couple weeks ago. I'm typically pretty grungy, so mm-hmm. I steer clear of anything really festive until <laughs> about 
a week before Christmas. A week before About Christmas. Christmas Eve. <laughs> the week before Christmas, I'll start getting in the spirit a little bit, but um, I'm not like you who has been listening to Christmas music since Halloween. So Yes. Factual story. So anyway, and we do the we do the whole like family ride around and look at Christmas lights too. Yeah, we've done that in the past. Um well we haven't done it since we had our our son, but um but anyway, it's fun because the kids will go to sleep. Yeah, we most might, of the time. We might try it. We might we might give it a good old the old college try. College try. So um so tonight I don't have a glass because mine aren't clean, so I'm just gonna have to drink it out of a can. Like a nor- like a Patrick. normal person, like a peon. <laughs> this is gonna be so weird. You're um, a peasant. So actually, uh, confession: I think I only exclusively drink out of glasses when we're recording. Oh, uh, if if we're not recording, I will pro- straight. Out of if, can. It, straight if it's in a can, I'll drink it out of a can. If it's in a bottle, out of the bottle, and it doesn't really change anything for me. Yeah. I have heard. I don't know if this is true or not. I can't really tell that much of a difference, but I've heard pouring it up releases the carbonation better and makes it easier to drink. I believe that. It opens it up. It's in a bigger container. It's not as mm-hmm. um, restricted. But because uh, I actually saw a video of a guy who says you should, like, when you pour beer, you should pour it like as violently as possible to get the most amount of carbonation out of it. He said that way you, if you've ever gotten, like, bloated from drinking too much beer he says that's because you're not pouring it and getting all the carbonation out before huh. you drink it and it's releasing in your stomach that's, that's like that's an interesting like, thought that actually makes sense yeah that's an interesting thought so um i'm ready to do this if you are um, let's do it uh, let's crack these things open i'm in need of a beer even if it's a fest- <laughs> even if it's a christmas beer so <laughs> even if it's a christmas beer yeah. i am too so let's crack them open here we go ready yep one two three crack Okay, it so almost doesn't smell. You're going to have to tell me what it looks like, because again... Yeah, because you're drinking it out of the can? It's got a... Whoa! Dude. Alright, so... Do I need to get that, a glass for this? You may want to go find a glass, even if it's not cold. Okay, stand by. Okay. <laughs> that was really surprising. Okay, let's see here. What... <laughs> Told you. It looks like Dr. Pepper. I think I was, I was about to say it looks like Coke. It literally looks like Coke. Did they get something mixed up at the factory? It smelled like... Okay. When I think ale, I do not think dark beer. This is a dark beer. This is like this is almost stout level. This smells. Oh, this cold. smells like... It smells like a grilled steak. It smells, well, I was going to say like the chocolate porter or. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. I, I kind of like the smell, but I kind of don't. Yeah. And so it's a festive ale, but it is not a pale one at all. No, no, this is definitely not a pale ale. This is a dark beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm holding it up to the light and I can barely see through it. Which I think maybe that just means it's going to be very sweet. It might. The um, website says that its flavor profile is caramel, toffee, and chocolate, with a walnut shell finish and a drop of vanilla. I could see all of. I can smell all of that in the. Yeah. So, 
if we're ready, I mean, if you're ready to go, let's turn these things up. I'm still waiting on my uh, my phone to go d- down a little bit, but I can get past it. I'm down far yeah, enough. I've, I've got uh, I've got some that didn't make it out of the can because <laughs> anyway, too much foam. Get too much foam. So anyway, here we go. One, here we go. two, bottoms up. Okay. All right. I think it goes down like an ale. It's got a bite like a IPA. It does have a little bit of bite to it. So I don't. I'm, I'm not sure what to think about this thing yet. So my initial my initial thought was, like the very first taste was, you know that smell of like guys who smoke a lot of pipes and cigars yes that kind of like lingers around them kind of all the time it's It's got that smell is the initial taste that i got it's not quite ashtray but it's just that aroma of pipe tobacco it's like if you had bought a used car uh, from someone who smoked yes that's that's kind of the flavor i'm getting not like don't hear don't hear me saying like oh this is going to be a really bad beer based on that that's just my initial like first well process the exact to, same thought i'm just trying to process what it i'm trying to you know put, put, put words, put to, words what it, to what it tastes like to me <laughs> um that was actually my exact thought was like it's it's almost like it's the smell of an ashtray that's been sitting there for a four or five days and it doesn't smell fresh or like it, like it, like they just finished smoking, mm-hmm. but it smells, it smells like the air, it's lingered in the air for a few days. It's not really, like, it's not bad. Some people don't like that smell. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's not that I like that smell. It's just, I'm just, we're just trying to take it up, put, put, put words into it. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> the flavor's not bad. It's just, um, it's just different. It's definitely not yeah. your everyday beer. It's, you know, I could see this being a, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, yeah, kind of thing. Is, this is a sipper. This is to me. This is not a chugger. I would agree with that. I, I don't because I can already tell you, like I'm drinking it slow. Yeah, I would. I'm I, not gonna. Uh, I would agree with that. It's it's got a high ABV. I I mean, I've probably drank a little quicker than I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and not saying that like I'm buzzed or anything but my i feel a little bit thinner i did two episodes in a row i didn't do it on purpose <laughs> of course oh but you did ignorance of the law doesn't mean you're not guilty so that's right thanks packer appreciate but, that anyway so, all right so let's give this thing some scores um I guess I'll go. Is it my turn to go first? Eh, you go first. It doesn't matter. You don't care. Um, <laughs> nope. Neither do our listeners. They don't care who goes first <laughs> in this thing. Um. So, it's this one's man. I don't want to give it too low of a score because it is like a Christmas ale. It's a festive thing. Um. I think I'm gonna have to give this one three and a half. Luther's. Okay. It's it's okay. It's in that. It's decent. Nothing really that like 
really puts it over into the four range for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think back to some of the other threes and three and a halves that we've done. Um, I would say it's very similar to those, at least to me, yeah. in flavor, uh, texture, um, how it looks, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, it's just kind of a middle of the road beer for me. So it's going to get three and a half liters. Three and a half. Out of five. Out of five. Well, you again are a little bit nicer than I am because I'm, I'm not quite to three and a half on this one. I'm going to give this one a three. Okay. Um, it's just like, okay, so the surprise of see, of seeing ale on the can and me, I mean, I'm immediately thinking this is going to be a paler beer. Um, it's got a low IBU, so its flavor is going to be a little bit more subtle, not quite so like strong and bitter mm-hmm. like most of them are. Like, that's what I was expecting, and then I poured Dr. Pepper out of a can, and I'm like, what in the world is going on with my life yeah. right now? It um, is really, it's, I mean, it's got a very sweet flavor. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like, I don't I don't know if, if you have to brew something a certain way to, to call it a stout, but it, to me it looks more like a stout, and it almost tastes more like a stout. Mm-hmm. It, sm- and, it smelled like a stout when we first mm-hmm, opened it and all that, mm-hmm. yeah. I so that. if this was called the festive stout, maybe I would, maybe I'd have had a little bit different mindset going into it. But it kind of just caught me by surprise. But I'm with you, man. It's a it's a decent beer. If it's there, I might drink it. You know, if there's not anything else, or or if I'm just like feeling super festive and just want a specific kind of you know festival beer or mm-hmm. something like that. But there's, I mean, there's just nothing to ride home on the taste. There's there's really nothing peculiar that that stands out. Um, it is a good beer. I mean, it's not bad. Um, and since I, since I tend to be a little bit rougher on grading, then, then I'm probably going to have to give it a three Luthers out of five. Yeah. It's, um, again, it's in that good, not great range. Uh, I'm with you. It's probably not one that I'm going to go buy on purpose. Um, if someone offered it to me, I'd, I'd drink it, but you know, if if there was something else available, I'd probably at least entertain that idea before I picked this one up. Yeah. It's it's not bad. The initial taste of cigarette cigar smoke is a little off putting. Um, I got past that because it you know, mm-hmm. again the flavor's good, smooth, goes down pretty easy. Um, but don't chug it because you might like fall out of your chair. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. There we go. So Rick is going to give the Festive Ale from Sweetwater three out of five Luthers. Patrick is giving it three and a half out of five Luthers. And is this our first Sweetwater? Um, it is. And, and I feel like Sweetwater is, I, I think, like, I've specifically avoided them because I've known who Sweetwater was for a long time. Like, they seem like a big, big deal brewery to me. Yeah, that's true. I never knew who I never knew where they were, but like I would I would I've had several Sweetwater beers, you know, other that, Sweetwater beers before. Now that I think about it, I've you know I've seen them in pretty much every restaurant I've been to yeah. on vacation or that kind of thing. So if you if you vacation in the Gulf, you're, you're you you can probably get Sweetwater beer at yeah. most of the places you go. So, yep. but Sweetwater, look three and a quarter Luthers. It's not bad. For, for especially for a seasonal thing. Yeah. Um and you only apparently you only have one time to get it right because they only brew it one day a yeah, year. So, so I mean, 
who knows, maybe they messed it up. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be a stout, but they were like, well, that's what we got. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the, if you look online, it looks like it's supposed to be paler, paler. Yeah, that's, well, that's, I was looking at the website and the, the bottle made it look like it was going to be pale. Yeah. But then unless you, the bottle is empty. Eh, but the bottle's got a lid on it. So why would they, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it's it's not bad. It is a good beer. It's just not it's not great to me, and so yeah. that's why I'm going to give it three Luthers. Yeah. So there we go. So Festival, we appreciate you bringing Christmas joy to our hearts this December. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that was kind of awkward. That was possibly the most <laughs> awkward moment we've had on the Beers and Bible podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that it was you and not me. <laughs> I'm just here for the enjoyment. That's don't, all I'm here don't for. Don't worry. My time will come, but <laughs> Sweetwater, three and a quarter Luthers from two guys who know a little bit about beer. Hey, look, I, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to get Sweetwater points for this. So it says on the, on the, or their kind of tagline for this says, we double dog dare you. And then the picture on the can has the kid with his tongue stuck to the, from a Christmas story. From a Christmas story. So it's a it's a total throwback to Christmas story. Yeah. And and I can appreciate that because I love the Christmas story movie. You'll yeah. shoot your eye out. We we watched that the other night. Or other Such day. a great movie. What was that? Such a great Doesn't movie. Doesn't matter. So anyway, anyway. Now, that, now that we've done the beer part of the Beers and Bible podcast, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to move on to Concise Theology. And we are back with Rick and Patrick, and we are going to dive into J.I. Packer's Concise Theology in the chapter on the virgin birth, Jesus Christ, born by miracle. Away in a manger, no. Sorry. I'm still in the Christmas songs. It's okay. I mean, we're it's Christmas time, so... Um, <laughs> so, the virgin birth... I think is I think of it as um, this idea in scripture that's kind of like not downplayed because it is very important to the story of Jesus to his um, to his life, but it's also not. I don't feel like it's extrapolated on very much in scripture, and a lot of a lot of what we learn or what we think about the virgin birth is kind of like, I don't know, we, we try to explain it with science or, I, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain what I'm saying here, actually. <laughs> Not science, but like, we try to use like logic to either prove, you know, the Bible says what it means, means what it says, so yes, Jesus was born of a virgin, or these, the scientific logic that's, like, oh, that's not really possible, so there's some other explanation for what the Bible says calls the virgin birth of Jesus. Yeah. Well, the virgin birth is one of those, and by the way, very excellent use of the word extrapolate, for the record. Dude, I took the SAT. <laughs> it's been a minute, but I took the it's SAT. I know, I know words. <laughs> I've drank beer since then, but whatever. <laughs> um... 
No, the the virgin birth is is a crucial and critical doctrine for Christian orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go back to the Apostles' Creed of you know, we believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Like uh, uh, there's a there's a theologian named uh, Albert Moeller. That, that wrote a book on on the Apostles' Creed that's really good, and and he says kind of in the introduction, he's like, you know, Christians surely will believe more than the Apostles' Creed, meaning that that there's more to the Christian faith than than exactly what is in the, the Apostles' Creed, but mm-hmm. nobody will believe less than the Apostles' Creed and call themselves be able to call themselves a Christian. It's kind of the the test for Christian orthodoxy. Are you do you hold these core tenets? And if you don't believe these core tenets, then you, you're not going to call yourself or you shouldn't call yourself a Christian. Right. So, so it's, kind of, it's kind of the the Apostles' Creed is the foundation for the faith, but it's not the entire building of the faith. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you know, we, we have to be very, very careful when we talk about creeds and confessions because creeds and confessions do not hold the same authority um, that that scripture does they mm-hmm. don't hold the same same power that scripture does and so you know and there's and there's multiple creeds and confessions that that really contradict each other but there's a few through um through church history that that are kind of recognized as universal creeds or confessions mm-hmm. um and so so the the apostles creed is one of those creeds and that's why i think it's it's fair to say you know you can believe something else that's that's kind of outside or not discussed in the apostles creed you can have differences in opinion on church polity or ecclesiology or eschatology you know any of these things but you can't believe something that contradicts what's in the apostles creed because as christians we we would hold that those those councils were were really kind of you know guided by the holy spirit and do extrapolate biblical truth mm-hmm. um and so they they do kind of give us that that explanation that foundation to say okay this was drawn from the bible um so we can trust it we can we can say it's true um you know it's not going to be inherent like or inerrant sorry that i'm working out wrong inerrant like scripture is but it's but it's truthful in everything that it says and so we can trust it and we can repeat it and we can teach it to our kids and it's an easy way to kind of systematize your faith so all of that to say the virgin birth is one of those those doctrines that comes out of that. Gotcha. Now, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little quiz here that you didn't know I was gonna do, and I'm gonna see oh, I'm gonna how fail. Catholic I'm gonna see how Catholic you are. Do you believe in the Immaculate Conception? Um I feel like this is a trap. <laughs> So, I'm going to initially say yes, but I'm going to be open to your explanation as to why that's wrong. <laughs> it was a trap. It was a trap. So, and, and I'm, this, I'm the exact same way. So, I grew up believing that the Immaculate Conception was just a reference to the virgin birth. Like, I thought that was one and the same. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, it's, and it's not. The Immaculate Conception comes directly from Catholic theology and the Immaculate Conception holds that Mary was sinless when she gave birth to Jesus. Mm. Now, oh. after she gave birth, she sinned. But up until the point where she gave birth, she was sinless. And that's how they explain that Christ was born sinless. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. 
um, because I knew that Packer hit on it, but I wanted to I wanted to throw that throw that out there that that a lot of Christians will say, "Oh, I believe in the Immaculate Conception," but they don't know what the Immaculate Conception actually is. Huh. And when I learned that, I was like, "Ooh, I should probably quit saying that I believe in the Immaculate Conception because I don't believe in the Immaculate yeah, Conception." That's um, <laughs> that's heresy, and like we discussed last week, do not be a heretic. Don't, don't be a heretic. Um, so so anyway, um. When we, when we talk about the virgin birth, uh, we're, we're, we're obviously kind of going a little bit more into detail on this idea of the incarnation uh, that we talked about last week. And, and we say that Jesus was born, by, and it was a miracle. And the, the best two kind of summaries of the birth of Christ really happen in Matthew and Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark doesn't really spend a whole lot of time on it because Mark's not really concerned with it. And John doesn't spend a whole lot of time on it. Because John is really is more focused on the person and work of Christ in his ministry, right? So there's there's actually there is no uh, like birth to Jesus growing up in in the book of John. Um, you know, the book of John starts with "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, or the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Um, and and uh, he kind of goes from that straight into John the Baptist, straight into the wedding at Cana, and Jesus at that point is already almost thirty years old. Right, and so so John is like, eh, I don't really care about the childhood, but but really Matthew and Luke really hone in. Matthew gives us the genealogy um, of Jesus and, and traces from from Adam all the way down to Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's something like forty two generations um, that get listed in Matthew's genealogy, and then Luke really focuses on the the childhood right uh and the development of jesus as a person and so what what matthew and luke pair together and and packer kind of hit on this he's like when you pair these two things together you really get this overarching multiple viewpoint telling of the story of the birth of christ Mm -hmm. you know each one kind of complements each other in in the different aspects and so so that tells us that, that, like what we talked about last week, it it, it, it exemplifies his humanity because mm-hmm. he was born, um, he grew up, he was a baby, he you know he he had to mature, he had to do all the things that a normal human would do, but he but all of this process was also divinely guided by God because he is a hundred percent God as well, right? So so that's where you you have you kind of have that play in there, and and it really. That that whole story ends up being this whole miraculous uh, conception. It, it all kind of culminates in the miraculous conception and virgin birth of mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. Um. And then and then onto his onto his childhood. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe part of the reason why Luke was so focused on the development of Jesus from birth to from birth on. He was a doctor. Yeah, yeah he, 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 he was a he was, he was a physician, so he would have been very interested in the development of the Messiah yeah. from a physical standpoint because that's yeah. his. And and I think it's important to remember that when, um, in the Gospels and uh, the letters, they're they're writing in styles based on their background. Yeah. So and so their background and they're writing to a specific audience. Yeah. So Luke is going to write like a physician. Yes. So he's going to focus on things that a tax collector or a fisherman or a former uh, Christian persecuting Jew 
like Paul. <laughs> Looking at you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Hash uh, slash soul. <laughs> Hashtag not anymore. Whatever. Um, but they're but, not my soul. Yeah, not my soul. <laughs> so, but you know they write. They they all write based on their experiences. Also, in addition to for their audience. How they how they perceive or how they how they experienced the life of Jesus, yeah. So, um, so just moving on from the miraculous conception, uh, we talked. Uh, Packer talks about how uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit's creative action without any sexual relationship, and this points back to the creativity of God. You know, we, we talked about God as a creative God and. Um, how one of the attributes of man is this innate like need almost to be creative. And I, I think I hadn't really thought of it this way, but when you, when you look at the conception of, of when you look at Mary's conception of Jesus, it wasn't really Mary's, but that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> um, but God, God could have chosen any way for, for Mary to become pregnant by Jesus. Yes. With Jesus, or with not Jesus. Jesus, not by Jesus. <laughs> that was that's a no. Hashtag no. awkward. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, but but his, you know, an angel appears and says, "You're going to become pregnant," and and then it just happens. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's not really an explanation as to how or or whatever, and there doesn't really need to be. We just have to believe mm-hmm. that it that it did happen. Yeah. Well, it's and and another thing, and and I don't I don't remember seeing this in Packer, but another thing about that is is even Jesus from his birth was considered was considered scandalous. Yeah, you know, here here's a woman who's engaged to a man. She's not married. They're not married yet, and and the you know in this time the an engagement period would last about a year. Mm-hmm. So imagine that all you guys who are engaged to who want to be engaged for like you know four days. Uh, imagine having to be engaged for, and there was this like there was this whole process that they had to go through, this whole betrothal period, where people would observe them as a couple, and and you know, that's where we get to, you know, if there's any reason that someone believes that this couple should not be married or should not be joined in, in matrimony, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. That's where we get that because that's what an engagement like an engagement is the purpose of looking at a couple and saying, Hey, I think they, sh- I don't think they should be married because of this reason. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the wedding ceremony is your last opportunity to do that. But, but anyway, so you have Joseph on one hand, who's, who's knows what's going on. And then you have Mary who's pregnant. And then, I, I mean, I can just imagine the gossip train from the local Baptist church down the street yeah. where, where they're like, oh my gosh, did you see Mary? She is only 14 years old and she is engaged to Joseph and she is pregnant and it is not Joseph's and he should just put her out on the, you know, I could just imagine the the scandals that went around concerning Mary and Joseph and this whole pregnancy and and then all of that leads to the coming of the Messiah, and then and then the scandal of him being crucified on the cross. Yeah, you know, his, his is is that is that play there, but but it it just shows that God will use the means that He wants to use, regardless of human interpretation, mm-hmm. of human conception, of human yeah. uh, ideas. He's going to do what He wants to do because it's what He wants to do, and it's for His glory, 
and and that's that's the whole purpose. Yeah, and and I mean, scripture even says that Joseph was prepared to divorce, like to call it off, to say, you know yeah. what, um, Mary, you know, you're pregnant. Uh, you know, he and he was Joseph was prepared to divorce her, like at night, so that there wouldn't be as much of a scandal. Because yeah, could you imagine uh, a, an already pregnant fourteen year old girl? Who's now been openly divorced by her, mm-hmm. by her, or you know, the engagement from the call the off. that she never actually got married. Yeah, to. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like that would be scandalous. That would be scandalous to a whole other level. Yeah. And then, and then a god like slaps Joseph inside the head and says, "No, you need to raise this kid because he's kind of important." So, yeah. um, so yeah, it's it's. You know, we talk about the scandal of Jesus's birth all the way to his like almost a scandalous death. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a little bit. Um, so, so when we talk about the virgin birth, so it says, you know, it was pretty widely accepted. Yes. Pretty much, you know, no one really questioned it until um, the 19th century when this idea of like liberal theology comes in and challenges um whether or not miracles of Jesus took place at all mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, challenge the, the likelihood or challenge their, uh, their probability of happening. And the chief miracle that was challenged was the, uh, virgin birth, miraculous conception yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. And this, so this is the age of enlightenment that we always hear so much about, mm-hmm. which is, which is the more we separate from the age of enlightenment, the more we realize <clears throat> that it was, it was not the age of enlightenment. It was just the age of, of people wanting to get their own personal agendas, you know, push forward mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the enlightenment was supposed to be this massive scientific breakthrough culturally. And it was supposed to be this age, they call it the age of reason where people learn how to think logically and you know we get we get thinkers like charles darwin um you have this new spawn it's not really new spawn but it's this this outbreak of atheism kind of becomes popular with the Mm -hmm. enlightenment um and and the reality is they're not doing anything different and they have to borrow so much from the christian worldview to get their their ideas and their concepts grounded you know to give the give any weight you know and it's yeah the, my, my favorite thing is is if, if I can't, the, the scientific company or the scientific crew would say, well, you know, if you can't observe it, then it doesn't exist. Okay, well, uh, observe some wind for me. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're like, well, you know, well, I can see the wind blowing that tree. Okay, well, you're not seeing the wind. You're seeing the effects of the wind. Yeah. So so observe the wind, and then I'll believe the wind is there. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, <laughs> Otherwise... Yeah, that's, you know. That's, otherwise, it's, I just see a tree moving. I don't know what's causing that tree to move, yeah. but something is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, the same argument I've heard is like, prove that China exists. Yeah, like, like the only, the only way, like, it, it's it's a very similar argument where if if you can't prove it in that moment, then then it then, 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 then it either doesn't exist or you believe it exists on faith. Yeah, and. I mean, the evidence for 
the existence of God is is pretty 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 evident. Yeah, if you if you've never read it, uh, you should look into Gary Habermas's 12, uh, 12 reasons for the existence of the historical Jesus, and and he even takes it from the historical Jesus all the way to the resurrection, and mm-hmm. he he gives you twelve um, secular, historically recognized facts that support the 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 resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and I know we're not talking about the resurrection tonight, but but all of that you know goes all the way back to the the virgin birth mm-hmm. of Jesus. Because yeah. if you know if we can't believe it from the beginning, then we can't believe the end. And so, right. So, uh, but yeah, liberalism really in the Enlightenment really just tried to desupernaturalize everything. Yeah. You know, everything had to become material. Everything had to become observable. And that's why I said that, that they weren't really concerned with with reality or anything like that. They were more concerned with trying to push their own personal agenda of what they wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Which is which I mean, in reality, the the new enlightenment was was almost this this opposite of Gnosticism. Uh, because whereas Gnosticism said that everything material was bad, this new enlightenment tries to put everything material as like the only good thing. Mm-hmm. And everything else just needs to be rejected, mm-hmm. um, and so you end up with this this desupernaturalization instead of instead of saying okay no there is a natural explanation for some some things and then there has to be a supernatural explanation for mm-hmm. some things yeah and it, there's a, it was like a they there had to be an explanation and if there was an explanation then they, then they couldn't believe that it was true yes exactly. And, and if they didn't understand it, then obviously it didn't. It wasn't true. Yeah, because that's the only thing that makes sense, right? Uh, no, no, I'm not saying no. <laughs> so, so, so you know, their goal was to desupernaturalize the work of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus. Um, they they try to like frame him as this uniquely godly and, and insightful teacher. But that's really it. They don't. They don't try to frame him as fully man, fully God. They don't. Yeah. They don't recognize him as part of the Godhead. They just say he. You know. They just. They would just say that he's a good man that did good things. Mm-hmm. But they would also ignore the miracles that he performed. Um, yes. And then, like it unnecessarily surrounds the birth of the, you know the virgin birth of Jesus, which is what we're talking about tonight, mm-hmm. with skepticism. Yes. That, that it's you know, and, and it comes back to you, if you can't believe one part, you can't believe any of it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I and I think the virgin birth like is probably the biggest like to 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 the to liberalists to to the people who not liberals but the liberalists who are who are trying to prove that Jesus didn't do these things that he did. Um, the virgin birth is probably the easiest miracle to try to try to say, well, there's no way that could happen. Yeah. But like you, like you could scientifically explain a lot of like, not a lot, but some of what Jesus did mm-hmm. there's science. There's no way to explain the virgin birth of Jesus. No, there's not. I mean, and because all you can explain is that he was born and history repeats over and over and over again that Mary and Joseph did not have intercourse. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't have sexual relations. And so 
uh, how did it get in the womb? Well, yeah. you know, if there's no natural explanation, then it seems like the only logical explanation is a supernatural one. And so, right. and that's where you, that's where you tend to, tend to step on, on liberals, uh, toes in there. And then, and then the people who will try to downplay the fact that, that Jesus was born supernaturally and just try to make it some type of natural event. I can't help but think if, if Donald and Connell were to, to run into them, they would probably say something like, that's Arianism, Patrick. Yeah, you probably. <laughs> For our listeners who haven't looked into the Lutheran satire videos yet, hit pause, Just go spend the next hour watching those, and then hour. come back. Spend the next day <laughs> watching them. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, you're if you're downplaying the, the birth of Jesus, the, the virgin birth of Jesus... You're committing heresy, and yeah. and you're you're basically saying, yeah, I believe. You know, if you if you can honestly say I believe everything else about Jesus except his virgin birth, you really don't understand the work that Jesus did because without the virgin birth, the rest of it's kind of the rest of it's useless, useless and pointless. Like, and there's no there's no explanation for it. If there's if there's a natural explanation for the birth of Christ, then he is not 100% man and 100% God. If he's not 100% man and 100% God, he cannot die for the sins of the world. Exactly. He cannot be the propitiation for our sins. Mm-hmm. That I mean it's it's really as simple as that. As yeah. I know, you know, that that really kind of mulls a lot of stuff down into a, you know, a brief 10 minute or 10 second statement, but that is that is the reality of it is mm-hmm. is that yes, it is that simple. Um, and if you're going to reject that, then don't call yourself a Christian. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just don't. Yeah. Because you're not. <laughs> yeah. We come back to, you know, second Timothy through three sixteen that all says all scripture is inspired by God. And that means all of it. So if the, yeah. if this, if Matthew and Luke say that Jesus was miraculously conceived and Mary gave birth, even though she was a virgin to the savior of the world, then you can't choose not to believe that. If you, exactly. if you if you call yourself a believer in Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, you can't say, no, I don't know about that virgin birth thing, because out of the virgin birth flows everything else about what Jesus did on earth. Yeah. The, re- yeah. the rest of the message of Jesus is dependent on yeah. the virgin birth. Exactly. Exactly. I, I really like these two, um, these two cannot statements. That Packer had in there. Mm-hmm. The, the, the one of the first ones was, uh, "We we cannot affirm that a divine person could not have entered the world any other way, but Jesus's miraculous birth." And that kind of gets what you were just hitting on right there. Like, it cannot happen any other way. Mm-hmm. It has to happen this way. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on. Uh, the, Jesus's miraculous birth does point to his deity and also the reality of the creative power that operates in our new birth. Mm-hmm. And and you know. That you parallel that to the story of Jesus and Nicodemus when when uh, Nicodemus asked Jesus, you know, what must I do to enter the kingdom? He says, you must be reborn, you must be born again, or or the word there actually is born from above. Yeah, and Nicodemus doesn't understand. He thinks he's got to go back into his mother's womb and be reborn again. Yeah, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a spiritual rebirth, mm-hmm. and that you have to be born spiritually all over again and 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 
you you tie that into you know somebody who who confesses Christ and repents of their sins. You know they're not going to be. They have been spiritually reborn at that at that time, uh, but they're not going to be a perfect Christian right then. You know they're a baby and they have to grow and they have yeah. to learn and they have to you know make mistakes and they have to trip and fall and learn how to walk and and then you know that's when you get the arguments from Paul where he says. You know, when I was, when I acted like a child, I thought like a child, I, I drank milk like a child and, you know, now I've put away childish things. And, mm-hmm. and so that's really the whole process of our sanctification. So yeah. much like, much like we grow and we mature as human beings, we also have to grow and mature as spiritual beings as well. Exactly. And, and the way we do that is through, through our relationship with Christ. Yeah. And, and in order to do that, we have to have fundamental beliefs that we hold to that, that teaches things, you know, when, when we're growing up, we do, do, depending on what country you're born in, you're taught how to speak a specific language. That that language is fundamental to you learning how to communicate with the people around you. Yeah, you know, you you learn how to walk, you learn how to you know get around, you learn how to be mobile, so that you can pr- learn to provide things for yourself and not rely on somebody else to do that for you for the rest of your life. So. You know, there there are so many parallels between the virgin birth and the growth of Christ and the spiritual birth um, that that are just that are just too too much to overlook. And I love that Packer Packer kind of put it that way mm-hmm. when he when he said that. Give us that second. Yeah. The, the we cannot. Yeah. So that. so Packer also says that we cannot affirm that God could not have produced sinless humanity apart from a virgin birth. So um, if we believe that Jesus was fully man, fully God, he, he lived without sin, um, then the circumstances of his birth uh, called to attention to the miracle, this, this idea that his mother, Mary, a sinner, mm-hmm. gave birth to someone who was not in Adam. Yes. Jesus was not in Adam the way that Mary was in Adam, the way that Jesus' father Joseph was in Adam, the way that exactly. Rick and Patrick and our family, like... Mary, Jesus was not in Adam. Mary was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, Jesus doesn't need a Savior. He's not in Adam. Yeah. But Mary, his mother, who carried him, and that, that's something, like, you know, it's Christmas time, so we, we talk about this a lot, but, like, Mary carried the Savior of the world for nine months. Mary, did you know? She didn't know. <laughs> She was really more like, Mary, did you fully comprehend the yes. ramifications of what's going on right now? <laughs> what's happening with you? But that yeah. doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same way. So, <laughs> but I was but, so glad when Mark Lowry did that. Yeah, but, but, you know, so Mary carries Jesus for nine months knowing that she's carrying the Messiah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Jesus, when he was born, is not in Adam. So he doesn't need a savior. He doesn't. He doesn't need the Messiah. He is the Messiah. Yeah, he is the so, Messiah. So it's, you know, God couldn't have produced human, a, a sinless human in any other form except for from a virgin birth because the sinless human, Jesus, had to be born not in Adam. Yes, I think I said because that right. In, because in Adam, because in Adam all die. Yeah, in Adam all die. That's what Romans tells us. And and so, if we are in Adam, the the paternal head, the federal head of of hu- the human race, the one that messed it dead, all up. 
yeah, the one that messed it all up, you are dead in your trespasses and sins, mm-hmm. is what Ephesians says. But to those who are in Christ, there is life, and there's life more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And, and that that doesn't mean that there's there's life, um, you know, that you're going to be rich and wealthy on earth. Mm-hmm. But what it means is that you have what First Peter calls an inheritance that is that is undefiled, um, right. and you have this inheritance that that will not compare to anything that is greater than anything that you're going to have on on earth, and and or anything that you could have that you could build on the earth is is what your inheritance is but that's only for those who are in christ right uh and that is that inheritance is eternal life Mm -hmm. and so so you either have eternal condemnation or you have eternal life is the two inheritances that wait that await you depending on if you are in adam or if you are in christ right so and and one of the one of the key things uh surrounding that is you know the confession that, that christ is the lord that he was born of a virgin um, that he suffered and and died under Pontius Pilate is you know we're as we're going through this Advent or Christmas season you know we do put a lot of emphasis on on the birth of Christ at this Christmas season but we have to remember that that just three months from now four months from now we're also going to be celebrating um, what Christ did for mm-hmm. us as humanity on the cross yeah um, that that the the birth lead the virgin birth leads to the cross and the redemption of mankind Mm -hmm. i try i try to remember that without the virgin birth jesus's death on the cross doesn't matter and without the death on the cross jesus's birth is not necessary exactly exactly and it's and it's the same way with scripture you know without genesis revelation doesn't make sense and without revelation genesis doesn't make sense exactly you know the beginning, and that's why that's why Jesus and and you hear God constantly saying things like, you know, before Adam was, I am, is what He says in John chapter five. You know, and then and then uh, God in the burning bush to Moses, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which which in in reality is, you know, I will be who I will be, and I was who I was, and I, you know, it's all of the tenses. Uh, all in one wrapped up in that one word Yahweh mm-hmm. um, and and so so it just it just me it just simply means I will be who I will be I was who I was and I am who I am all exactly. at the same time so yeah um, and the, and that's that is the reality of the the person who came to the God who came to inhabit the person of Jesus Christ through the virgin birth um, through the person of Mary through through a sinful world, he came into a sinful world. He took on flesh, um, so that he would be the propitiation for our sins. Yeah, and which and, is why the virgin birth is so important. Yeah, the virgin birth is vital to to what we believe as as Christians. So, yeah, that's a good that's a good discussion. We've uh, it is. I like the virgin birth. It's yeah. fun. It's fun to talk about. Yeah, and it's it, we, you and I were talking about it earlier today. It's kind of not in, not weird, but like kind of funny how like last week we talked about incarnation this week we're talking about uh the virgin birth and we're right here at christmas time that's right it's like god predestined it to be he well he did (laughs) so because we i mean we literally just so you know how much planning we do most of the time we literally sit down like the day of recording and read our read our sections and make some notes on it yeah so we can sit down and discuss it. Like, there's there's no six-month planning on this thing. There's maybe six hours of planning. Well, <laughs> that's a good segue into uh, what's going on in the month of January. 
Yes. For the Beers and Bible Podcast. So, Beers and Bible Podcast. Just, just so you guys are aware, um, the month of January, we are going to be taking a little break to um, refresh, to get some get some ducks in a row. We've got some life-changing happening um, for, for some of us, so we're going to transition through that. And then we are going to come back. Um, we're, we're, what we're going to try to do is backlog some episodes so that we're not so day of recording <laughs> so, so that we can prepare a little bit better than we have been. Yeah. I mean, we, we I guess we're doing fine, but um so we are actually going to be taking a a few weeks off so this, you know, this is coming out on December 27th and yes. our next episode will release probably on February 7th would be my guess. Somewhere around there. Either that, that or January 31st. Yeah, It'll so, either so, be the very last Friday in, in January or the first Friday in February. Yeah, we're we're we've got some things we've gotta we've gotta figure out on our end. We're gonna we're gonna do some recording and um and that way we can continue to bring you the, the Beers and Bible podcast content that uh, you've come to know and love. Love and you love us, you know it. And and hopefully you're sharing us with your friends, family, anyone who will listen to you. Um the, hey, the holidays are a great time to talk about um, drinking beer with your fundamentalist families. Exactly. So, I mean, we've we've got some exciting. I mean, I, I'm excited for what 2020 is going to bring us in the Beers and Bible Podcast. You never know what God's going to do with with just a couple of guys who are moderate, <laughs> who are moderately educated in beer <laughs> and in varying. Moderately educated, you are way overstating our beer education. <laughs> I mean, we basically drink it and go, "Yep, that's good," and that's it. So, but, but we're we're, we're excited about what twenty twenty is going to bring. Thanks for s- sticking around with us. We're uh, we're uh, just we we are going to try to be active on social media through the month of January mm-hmm. posting things maybe maybe you know different we may try some different beers just to kind of get a grasp on some stuff that we can do in 2020 yeah um so that we can so that we can not just be the same thing over and over again yeah. and and that's you know we don't want to just we don't we want to bring we want to spice it up a little bit at least so we may have we may change our format a little bit going into 2020 we're going to talk about that but but then we're going to take that break so that we have time to, to sit down and, and discuss it and really plan out something good so that you guys will enjoy it. And, and uh, we hope the content that we've been giving you has been good um, and and applicable to your life. I know I know that even just going back through concise theology for me has been a great refresher mm-hmm. to think yeah. about the things that I've learned over the years and I know sometimes it seems like I ramble a lot because I do ramble a lot. Um, but it's, you know, the, I get these thoughts and then I have to run with them. So I do it on the microphone. It's okay. I, I, I enjoy listening to your rambling. I kind of <laughs> miss it. So, um, but yeah. So, oh. but in the meantime, you know, between now and whenever we release our next episode, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at beers and Bible underscore. We are also on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. And we also just in the last couple of weeks have gotten a Facebook page up and running. It is Beers and Bible Podcast. You can look for our 
logo if you follow us on Instagram and or actually it's the same logo we use on iTunes. I don't know why I said Instagram, but it's all the same. It's the same same logo. So uh, look for that logo. Um, get on there. Connect with us. Reach out to us. Send us messages, emails, thoughts. Post things on our Facebook wall of beers you want to see reviewed. Yes, or theological questions you'd like us to yeah. discuss, or we can. We'd love to talk with whoever would like to talk with us. That'd be um, that. That would be much appreciated, and we would look forward to and be very honored to spend time talking to our audience about either either beer or theology. <laughs> and we, I mean. We might even invite you on the podcast. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're... Anything can happen. Yeah. We so, had Benny Hinn on for crying out loud. Yes. Oh, Benny. I miss that man. <laughs> what a great man Benny I, is. I need to have... I need to... Me and Benny need to go to lunch, so... Benny. Yes. If you're listening, that's a... That's a hint. That's an open invite. Yeah. <laughs> open invite for you to take me to lunch, so... <laughs> For you to take me to lunch. So, <laughs> like that. I need to try that one. <laughs> hey, you want to take me to lunch? So, but anyway. Anywho. Listen, you guys, thank you for staying with us through 23 episodes here in 2019 on the Beers and Bible podcast. We look forward to 2020 and what it holds for us. Um, we hope you have a great new year and a good month of January. Feel free to reach out to us again. We're our doors and emails and message boards and carrier pigeons are always open so so hit us up we'd love to talk to you and um to get your thoughts on on what we're doing here how we can make it better for you guys yes and until 2020 peace out see ya later you enjoy what you hear on beers and bible please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 